Welcome to the MMA Road Show, episode number 199 and a half. My name is John Morgan. Cold coffee did not make the trip with me to Brooklyn, New York, but I am here. It's about 5.30 in the morning as we get this bad boy started, but I got a little supply of frosty beverages right here to help fuel a little post-fight discussion. UFC on ESPN Plus One is in the books. It was a fun event. I thought it, I enjoyed it. I really did. I think the UFC had a great fight card to start off this new partnership with ESPN. Uh, didn't get to see all the broadcast elements yet, so unfortunately I can't go into kind of what it looked like on on the, uh, I was going to say on TV, but I guess it wasn't on TV, right? It was streaming on your computers or smartphones or smart devices. But uh, I, I do actually uh, look forward to uh over the next day or two, watching the whole broadcast as well. We had a monitor in the back um, that was showing the feed. Uh, so I did see the the Stephen A. Smith <laughs> sections on there, but I uh, couldn't really hear what was going on. And, and uh, like I said, I was working in the back tonight, so we were conducting interviews and, and that sort of thing. So I didn't really get to fine-tune, pay attention to the, to the uh, details of the broadcast. But I look forward to doing that and look forward to, to, to hearing from you folks what you guys thought about it. Um, didn't look to me, you know, like too terribly changed uh, approach to the fights, um, you know, other than kind of some some new cameos from from coaches, and you know, I heard Megan Levy's voice in there jumping in, and you know, sounded like they tried a, a couple of new things, but nothing really reinventing the wheel. But uh, I'm sure that'll all develop over time. But uh, the main thing I was watching was the fights, and we had some good ones tonight. Unfortunately, the main event ended with a little bit of controversy. Henry Cejudo defended his flyweight title against TJ Dillashaw, and it ended in just 32 seconds. Crazy. Did not expect this fight to end in 32 seconds, that's for sure. In fact, was watching was watching the fight while interviewing Gregor Gillespie. So, uh, you know, I, we were, we were kind of wrapping up his post-fight interview and uh, it was running tight up to the start, but I figured, well, you know, listen, we're going to have some time to do this. It's going to settle in for a little bit. Uh, no worries that we're running a little bit behind. And sure enough, the entire fight is over before we finish talking to Gregor Gillespie. So if you go watch his scrum, uh, either on YouTube or on MMA Junkie, you'll see his reaction to the fight live uh, at the very end of his scrum because it was going on and there was a little TV monitor right there. But look, Henry Cejudo came out aggressive. He came out quick. Uh, he looked impressive. I mean, physically, he had looked impressive all week. And then he came out and he looked sharp. He looked aggressive. Um, you just you can't take away from, from what he did. You know, pushed TJ Dillashaw to the ground at one point and then was able to tag him. And, and the hands were landing clean and Dillashaw's legs buckled. And Oh, man. It all comes down to what you think about the stoppage, right? And And I will say... And I and I I almost hate to say this because you don't want to make it seem as if you're trying to take away from Henry Cejudo. You 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 don't want to make it because what he did was impressive. I mean, if if nothing else, he rocked T.J. Dillashaw really bad in the opening minute of a fight. Now, you know, did the weight cut of T.J. Dillashaw coming down to to, to 25 uh, from the bantamweight division? Did that have something to do with it? I don't know. I won't. I, you know, I, I can't speculate there. I can't speculate. I mean, I will say, while the weight cut was a you know a huge focus all week long, TJ's energy level always seemed good, all week long. Always seemed good. Always seemed you know. Of course, he defended himself and said, "Listen, I'm feeling great," but it always looked like he was feeling great. So, I don't know if it impacted him or not. But what I do know is that Henry Cejudo rocked him, and uh, I do feel like maybe the stoppage was a touch early. A touch. Just a touch early, not really early, not not inexcusably early, not horrific. Maybe a touch early, maybe a touch. Maybe I would have wanted to see just a couple more punches just for a fight of this magnitude, for a, a fight with what was on the line, you know, knowing that there there is no controversy, knowing that there's no concern. So maybe a couple more punches, but... 
Listen, referee Kev McDonald, I, I like him, man. I really do. I've had discussions with him in the past. He's been on here in the very, very early days of the MMA Roadshow. Got to go way back. You got to be a long-time listener to know that. We were in a, 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 a an airport in Brazil. We were all kind of sitting through a flight delay, if I remember correct, or at least just like a layover, and he jumped on for a few minutes while we were all having a few frosty beverages. And um, listen, I... I I mean, look at look look at look at how much he was moving to get in the right position. I mean, so Hudo and Dillashaw were just, I mean, man, how quick were they moving and how quick were the positions changing? And Kevin was 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 rushing around and running around trying to make sure he had the best look at the eyes. He had the best look at what was. I mean, he was working to be in the right position. And Dillashaw's legs were buckling. There's no question about it. His body did go limp a couple of times. So I don't hate the stoppage. I really don't. Um, TJ hates the stoppage. <laughs> uh, USC President Dana White wasn't a fan of the stoppage. I don't hate it. I believe it could have gone a little bit longer. I believe a couple more punches would have been nice. But it didn't happen, and we got the 32-second stoppage, and you can't take away from Henry Sudo. The man has now defeated Demetrius Johnson and TJ Dillashaw. That's incredible. Whether you think the decision was close against Demetrius Johnson, whether you think the finish was a little bit controversial against T.J. Dillashaw, it doesn't matter. He still accomplished that, and that is an incredible feat because those are two of the best pound-for-pound fighters on the planet, and Henry Cejudo beat both of them. That is incredible. You cannot take away from Henry Cejudo. He is legit. Add his gold medal to that as well? Come on, man. That's great. He deserves some respect. No question about it. He may have been a little cheesy with his with his beating the snake at the press conference the other day, but uh, this was a, a fantastic performance, and uh, I think the stoppage was going to happen. I think it was. I, I really do. No disrespect to TJ Dillashaw. I know he was frustrated, but um, I, I believe that fight was on its way to being finished. So I don't hate it. I just wish it would happen a few more seconds. TJ Dillashaw, on the other hand, hates it. Um, he did come to the post-fight press conference, and he did not hold back. He is upset. He believes that Henry Cejudo does not have the right to, to claim this as a win, should not be proud of the victory. Uh, and TJ Dillashaw wants to do it again. And, you know, while it was mentioned in the cage that, that they should go do it at 35 for Dillashaw's belt, uh, TJ said he, he wants to do it at 125. Hey, TJ. Um, I know it's still only been a few minutes since the fight ended, but uh, any further reflections on what you said in the cage there? Sucks, man. Sucks to have it stolen from you. You know, I worked my butt off. Um, so much better than that, and uh, it'd be nice to actually get the chance to show it. You know, it's a, a title fight. It's a champ versus champ fight, and you're going to stop the fight like that? I'm in on a single leg. He says, hey, show me something. I said, I'm okay. I'm on a single leg in a scramble. He stops punching. He's defending a single leg, and you're going to stop the fight? Uh, it's just ridiculous, man. I, I, it's, it's pretty pathetic that I have better knowledge than that ref. So you just felt like, I mean, the other champion versus champion fights we've seen, we've seen you know, clean knockouts, a corner stoppage. You just wanted the opportunity to you know, fight. If I'm going to lose, I want to lose. I want to lose if I'm going to lose. Look, congratulations, Henry Cejudo. Awesome. Great job, man. Awesome. You know, but you did not win. You did not win this fight. Um, I am happy to accept defeat, but I did, not, I did not lose. I was more rocked in the first Cody fight than that fight. I got clipped, hardly clipped behind the ear. And then a, a grown man's going to be shoving you. Of course, you're going to be in a scramble. It's not like I could just like stand up and another grown-ass man's on top of me. So, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm as you can tell, a little frustrated. This shit needs to happen again at Flyway. This is bullshit. I worked my ass off 12 weeks to get here to be stolen from me in 30 seconds. You guys can see the fire. I'll fucking fight tomorrow. Excuse my language. And um, everyone's going to say, you know, the weight cut and everything. Maybe did that have anything to do with maybe getting hurt a little easier? Do you do you rule all that out? Do you feel the same in the cage tonight as you did at 135? I actually felt better. I have no excuses of, of, of why. I seriously did. I came in, I felt great, man. I felt really good. Like, energy levels were good. I felt like it was going to be fireworks for me tonight, you know? Just I had that feeling. Um, but, you know, he had dealt a shitty card. 
Do you think they would be willing to do the rematch at 125, or do you think the next step is likely to do it again? I mean, if the UFC wants to make that shit right, I mean, it would be different if I went and lost. Yeah, sure, just do your title fight, 35s, give you your shot, but I did not lose. You got the UFC doctors down there saying, like, man, I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't know what to do. That was early. Like, it would be different, too, if I got smoked and dropped, like, in the Cody fight. You know, like, I would be, I would be, like, I can't even, I wouldn't even accept that victory from, like, as Henry Sudo. Yeah, of course, whatever, he's going to be happy. He, he got the belt, he won, he's the state champion. But how could you be happy with that victory? That wasn't a victory. Like, they had a better chance of stopping the, the first Cody fight than that one. I got hit on the chin as hard as you can get hit. This one clipped me behind the ear. What happens when you get behind the ear? You know, it's like, man, it's, it's frustrating. Sorry. TJ, it's it's interesting because we haven't had a chance to talk to Dana yet, so we you know we still don't know what the future of the flyweight division is, right? Yeah. So there was a chance to get shut. Do you feel like though, with with this controversy and with the way this ended, that that that's enough to keep this whole division around so that you can get another shot at this title? Sure, I hope so. Um, again, selfishly, <laughs> you know, but uh, yes, man, like this this is not right. You know, it's it's complete bullshit. If for some reason it's not possible, if they say, listen, this was the last one, we're retiring it, do you accept that offer of saying, let's do it at 35 and put my Bantamweight belt on the line? I don't know, man. I'm pretty effing bitter right now, you know? I'm pretty pissed off. I worked my ass off, bro. Um, I'm about to fucking cry. I put in a lot of work. And I don't know, man. It's tough. All right, so there you have it. No question about it. TJ Dillashaw, very, very, very angry, very, very upset, does not buy into this uh, whatsoever, does not believe that uh, that this was a, a proper result. You know, I started to get the, the, the microphone and ask him if he planned on, on, on an appeal. But, I mean, if, if you're a fan of mixed martial arts, you know that these appeals never <laughs> never result in anything. I mean, let's just be honest. They, they never really result in anything. And, and and there wouldn't be any grounds for an appeal here. Um, I've sat through these before with other fighters, and basically the commission says, hey, um, you know, this is a judgment call by the referee, and that's why the referee is in there is to make these judgment calls. So, you know, there's there's nothing here for us to, to overturn it. We do not see any kind of misconduct or any kind of mistake or anything along those lines. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think there's any reason. So I, I started to ask about it, but, I, I you know, it, it wouldn't make much sense anyway. But I think what TJ wants is another fight, and I think he wants to do it at, uh, at flyweight. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, USC President Dana White did come back in the back, and he was incredibly noncommittal uh, over what's going to happen next, how it's going to happen. In fact, I uh, wouldn't even necessarily say that a rematch has to happen. But uh, that said, you know, he did say that he disapproved of, of the finish. And because of that, um, you know, I, I do think it, it sounds like a rematch could be possible. I mean, if UFC President Dana White is saying, I hated this, I hated the way it finished, I didn't like it, uh, it's got to lead you to believe that, you know, maybe he'd be willing to, to book a, a rematch to get to to get the right things out there. So uh, here, here's a little bit of USC President Dana White talking about his thoughts on this fight and, and what's going to happen next in the division. Just off the bat, of course, TJ was just sitting here. He was very, very emotional, upset about the stoppage. Yeah, he just yelled at me while I was doing an interview when he walked by. What did he say? That was bullshit, and, you know, I thought it was an early stoppage, too. So Listen, you got two of the best guys in the world, two world champions, in a super fight. Let them fight. Let them fight. Let them finish. And I'm not taking anything away from Cejudo because the fight went 20 seconds and Cejudo busted him up. I'm sure when you saw him sitting here, it looks like he was in a three-round fight. Um, but Jesus Christ, let him fight. Horrible stoppage. So TJ said he wants to do the rematch at flyweight. Does that interest you at all? No, don't ask me. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. Just with these two fighters or the flyweight division as a whole? Is it still... You said we'll see what happens, so... So we'll see what happens. I didn't say I'd have an answer on Saturday. Any criticism for the New York State Athletic Commission for the uh, assignment, for the referee assignment in the main event? <laughs> I don't love it when, you know, they have local guys in, in, in main events, especially a fight this important between, you know, a super fight between two world champions. Please, 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 commissions. 
put the, put the experienced guys in there. Give the guys with the most experience, because all you do is you hurt the fighters and you hurt the fans, and and your your job is to do the exact opposite. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah, it's I, I don't love it honestly. I don't love it. Dane, I know you said you don't really know exactly what you want to do with Cejudo and Dillashaw. Uh, you know because there's two different weight classes, that sort of thing. But with the way things ended tonight, do you believe a rematch between them is, is the right next move? I don't know yet. I don't know yet. I got to think about it. You know, you guys know every Tuesday is the matchmaking meeting. We'll get back in there and we'll talk about it. Give us a lot of time to think over the, uh, over the, the rest of the weekend. Watch the Patriots win the AFC East and then, uh, I mean, the AFC Championship. And then, uh, and then we'll go from there. All right, so UFC President Dana White, not a fan <laughs> of referee Kevin McDonald's work. Now, uh, I, I will say this, um, and, and again, you know, I've said this before, be careful sometimes when you quote Dana word for word. I mean, he's got a lot going on, and he doesn't always get things right. And so when he called him a local ref and said he wasn't happy about, you know, the assignment of the local ref, I mean, Kevin McDonald's not a local ref. Um, you know, he has done... Uh, as we said, you know, he's done international UFC events. So they've employed him overseas. Um, he's done big Bellator events around the world as well. So he is a seasoned, uh, experienced referee. Now, um, you know, I, I would, again, I wouldn't even call what he did a mistake. He worked hard to be in the right position. He made the decision he made. I don't hate his decision. Um, I do wish it would have gone on a couple more punches, you know, based on the stakes and, and what's there. But, you know, I don't know that it's a referee's job to consider what the stakes are. I mean, fighter safety is number one. And, um, you know, if we're talking about a fighter that's in a more dehydrated state, uh, you know, as TJ Dillashaw, you would expect to have been a, not dehydrated. I know he worked hard to get down there, so that's, I, I hate to use that term. But, you know, I mean, listen, bottom line is referee Kevin Donald was trying to, to, uh, trying to keep him safe. So, um yeah, <laughs> it's frustrating, right? It's frustrating because this is such a monumental fight and such a monumental moment, and you hate for there to be a question mark around it. And I'm sure Henry Cejudo hates for there to be a question mark around it. You know, again, he, he's heard the doubters before. He knows that there were doubters after his win over Demetrius Johnson and said, look, you didn't win that fight. Now, I happen to score that fight for him, but I know there are people that thought Demetrius won the fight, and Henry Cejudo knows that. And now you've got this little asterisk as, as well. I know that's got to frustrate him a little bit. Um, but, listen, he's not the one making the call. He's just going in there and fighting the fight. Whatever happens, happens. So, um, all right, the other thing from Dana there, too, is he still won't say what's going on with the flyweight division. He still won't say what's going on. And and I get it. I mean, maybe tonight with what happened, that gave pause. Maybe, maybe it's... Uh, maybe it made him think twice. You know, maybe they've got things to consider. I don't know. Um... I don't know what their plan is. I mean, they announced uh, another flyweight fight tonight. If you notice on the broadcast, you know, Davison Figueroa uh, versus Juicy Da Silva, that's going to happen in Nashville. Um, so they announced another flyweight fight tonight, and that's in March. So certainly, you know, as we said going in, they're not killing off the flyweight division right now. Uh, but but it does make you wonder, you know, does this have any impact on, on what happens next? So, you know, why wouldn't he say what was going on? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I also found it very, very interesting as well to see that, you know, think about this, you know, TJ Dillashaw all week long has been like, ah, I don't care what happens in the flyweight division. I don't care, what, you know, not my deal. If they shut it down, they shut it down. Not up to me. And now he's basically needing the flyweight division to stick around uh, so that he can get this rematch. So, I, you know, uh, interesting how how uh, things change and roles reverse and what you need. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Henry Cejudo, though, did pick up the win here. Again, this is an incredible accomplishment, um, and, and he he was thrilled uh, when he came in. He spoke to us briefly. Uh, it was it was getting late in the night, but Henry Cejudo still had plenty of energy left, uh, and, and he talked about his big win. Henry, congratulations on your victory this evening. I, I can't imagine that you could have thought it would go much better than that. What uh, What's the emotion like right now? What does this win mean to you? Um, I, I, I told you guys before this this win was was not just for me but for every flyweight out there that uh, that wanted the opportunity to fight for a world title someday you know and uh, I put him on the map I I beat you know I know he may not accept it from what I'm hearing but I beat the greatest bantamweight of all time and uh, 
I mean, this is this is a flyweight. This is the guys that are boring. <laughs> Let's talk about the stoppage. I mean, you're right. TJ was here earlier, and he is uh, he's frustrated to say the least. He feels like an opportunity was taken from him that, that he didn't get to he didn't get to finish the fight. And Dana was actually here earlier and said, you know, he didn't want to take anything away from you. He felt like you were you were aggressive and you were do doing very well. But he also said. Maybe would have liked to see him let it go just a little bit longer. What, he, what do you think? You were in there. He would. He, I think it was. It was a great stoppage. I felt his body go limp. I wouldn't be throwing. You guys have to understand. I was. I weighed in at 146 pounds when I fought him. Strong, and you could see it. Every blow that he took, he was eating. He was eating some hammers, and uh, I personally, I thought it was a good, uh, a good stoppage because man, if he was gonna take another 10, 20 hits. You know, when your body goes limp like that, when you cut weight like that and thinking you're going to go out there and just take my belt from me, that's not the way it works. So I think it was a great stoppage. This is why MMA is, is, is sanctioned now because of refs. So I follow, if I also talked to that ref, I was like, hey, man, you're okay, man. We're both in there. We saw him go limp a few times. Watch it again, and you'll see it. TJ, you know, you said, hey, let's, let's do it at 135. You know, I'll do it again. Let's do it for your belt. TJ said, I want to do it again at 125, man. I, I just feel like I didn't get to do it. Would you, would you entertain that idea? I mean, you're, you're fighting for the flyweight division. You're fighting for all flyweights. Would you, would you entertain the idea of doing it again at 125? Um, we, we, would, we would have to. I would have to talk to Dana, talk to Ali, talk to the team. I don't. It, it's open. It's open. But at the same time, it's, man, I got the goal. The golden rule, the guy with the gold makes the rules, you know, uh, for sure, man. And I think partially what makes TJ good is the fact that he is a sore loser. So am I. But you know what? At least I'm able to accept it and, you know, get better from it. Um, I saw he was hurt since the beginning. The first, I think it was, I thought it was that kick that really kind of rattled him. You know, and I, I, I'm, I'm going to have to rewatch that fight, but I, I could tell, I could, I saw him going limp. I saw his body changing. I mean, I shoved him down. Like, you shove somebody down, they're hurt, guys. If I do this to you, you're just, come on, come on. <laughs> Last thing for me, Henry. Uh, we asked Dana, you know, hey, come on, man. What's, what's the future of the flyweight division? Tell us. And he said, listen, I, I said we'd see what happened on Saturday. I didn't say we'd have an answer on Saturday. So he, he wouldn't tell us. I mean, have you talked to him? Do you have any insight? What, what's going on? Because everybody's just trying to figure out, you know, did this help the division stick around? I think so. I think it did. I think this victory, uh, I think this victory, even though a lot of people would say it was an early stoppage, I mean, I did this, again, not for me, for all those little guys that will never make it to 135 pounds. It's sad, man. It's sad that they let half the roster go. I mean, good guys, guys that I, that I was like, hey, I got my eyes on these guys. Now I'll never see them again. You know, and I'm able to kind of carry everybody forward. It's like, hey, dude, don't, don't underestimate. Don't, don't, don't underestimate the, the little guys. Don't, don't underestimate the flyweights. I mean, Demetrius Johnson has reigned for a long time. I mean, he, he showed a display of art, of, of poetry and motion. And now I'm going in there and taking out the Bantamweight champ. I mean, what's not exciting about it? Henry, you spent all week over here. Over here. Yeah. Uh, you spent all week discussing how you were doing this for flyweights, yet after the fight you asked for TJ at 135. Why call him out at that weight? Why not call him out back at 125 again or uh, another flyweight contender? Because I... <laughs> I think Ali wants to answer that. <laughs> because I gave him the opportunity. I gave him the opportunity. It's, it's part of his too is added to my legacy. You know, I've, I've done things at, 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 you know, from the Olympics to defeating two of the greatest, you know, fighters of all time. I feel like now it's okay, guys. I think I have the right to say, hey, give me a shot. Allow me to keep this about 125 pounds. You can get your rematch, but let's do it at 135 pounds. Give me a shot now. He's, it's almost like the, the champ loses his juice, guys. He's gonna fight somebody. He's gonna go defend his title 135 pounds, and he and he's he's got a loss underneath me. That doesn't make any sense, right? Or maybe <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just happy. <laughs> All right, so there's everybody involved in your main event. Ah, <sighs> what comes next? What comes next? I, I don't think this fight is likely to happen again at flyweight. Respect to TJ Dillashaw. Much respect to him.
but I don't think it happens at flyweight. You know, the future of the division still isn't clear, but more than anything, I mean, this was a quick win. And, and yes, maybe the stoppage was a little early, but there's no question that, that uh, Cejudo was performing well and that TJ Dillashaw was in trouble. And so because of that, if they do go the rematch route, I, I think you do you do it at Bantamweight, just like they talked about in the cage. I think that makes sense. You're now giving Cejudo the chance to, to, to get the history, you know, to get the champ champ status, to, to do that. Um which is the same opportunity you gave Dillashaw. So so why not do it? You gave Dillashaw that chance, and, and Dillashaw lost. So now, you know, respect gives Cejudo that opportunity as well. So I, I think that makes the most sense. And, you know, there's a handful of fighters at, at Bantamweight and a handful of fighters at Flyweight that all are legitimate contenders, but none that's a clear-cut number one that's just sitting there waiting, waiting for the fight, you know, saying, listen, I know I'm number one. I just need my date. I need my time. You don't have that here. And because you don't have that, I think that gives you the flexibility to say, all right, let's just put everything on hold for a little bit. Um, and you guys keep sorting yourself out, and we're going to go revisit this uh, this rematch. And it's not like these guys went through a war. So it's not like the thing has to take, you know, we've got to wait six months to do it or nine months to do it, you know. Maybe we can do it in three or four months. So, I like the idea of doing the rematch. I like the idea of doing it at, at 135. I like the idea of putting TJ Dillashaw's bantamweight belt on the line. I don't know if, if TJ's going to like that, but, you know, I, I don't think he's the one in the driver's seat right now. So that's what I'd like to see happen. Also, this belt, huh? Since we're talking about belts, <laughs> let's talk about this new championship belt. I got to say, I'm, 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 I'm with everybody, to be honest with you, that when I first saw it, I was like, ugh. You know, I knew it was coming. We had talked about it here before. We we told you a while back it was coming. And when I first saw it, you know, I hadn't seen it. Even though I knew it was coming, I hadn't seen the prototype or anything. And when I saw it at the reveal, I thought, I don't know about this. Uh, but it's growing on me. It is growing on me, actually. Uh, you know, seeing it in person a little bit, seeing it up close. I, I, I dig it. I dig it. It's, you know, it's like a modern, uh, you know, a modernized look to it. And I do love the idea of, you know, the story of the belt and the emblems and, and all that. You know, I, we, I think it's cool. I really do think it's cool. Um, I, I, uh, I, I do, you know, everybody that we've talked to so far has kind of lamented the fact that you get this one and it updates and it, it changes, but you only get one. You know, all the fighters like this, man, I, I like to have another. I like to have another. So I, I, I would like to ask, you know, uh, Dana about that, UFC officials about that, because it does just seem like a cost-cutting move, right? I mean, clear and simple. It just seems like, well, here's a way to save money. Um, I, I can't imagine that's the goal behind it. I got to think there was another reason. I mean, look, they are in cost-cutting mode, so saving some money probably doesn't hurt. But, I mean, it would be cool to have the personalization, but then another belt, too, you know. Yes, you got one with, with no red stones for defense. And then you got your first one, now you get one with a red stone. And you still get the new belts. I mean, I think that would be, I don't know, that would be cool to me. And now in the press release, they said these things are, I think they said twice as expensive as the other ones were. So, you know, if they're twice as expensive, maybe that's what prohibits them from, from giving multiple belts. But, I don't know. I mean... It's not like you're giving out hundreds of them. And and you are, you know, you are a multi-billion dollar company. I get saving money, but I don't know. I think I I like the idea of the of the progression of the belt, you know, the story of the belt. But I don't see why you can't have another one as well. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll we'll definitely follow that. I mean, I know it's kind of a small thing, you know, but we'll 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 follow it. All right, co-main event technically the co-main event. I mean, I really, as we said, when I really think the co-main event was Cowboy Cerrone and Alex Hernandez. But the, the, the technical co-main event, I guess, was Alan Crowder and Greg Hardy. And uh, what a way for this fight to end. Illegal knee. I mean, clearly illegal knee that everybody knew was illegal. Now, it was funny. Referee Dan Mirgliata, when he went to report to the, uh, the the scorer's table and to the cage side officials what happened. He said both knees were down. Now, both knees were not down. Only one knee was down. But guess what? Doesn't matter. You're a downed opponent either way. So that knee comes in. Crowder can't continue. Now, 
There was another thing that was weird, and 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 Damir Glada did make it clear right away. And again, he's talking to the cage side officials, but he said, um, "Listen, if he can't continue, I'm calling it a disqualification." Now he verbalized that, and I I always do think that's weird. Like, it is important that you make that call, and 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 you probably do need to tell the the cage side officials there, you know, the commission, so they're aware of the decision you've made, they're aware of your of your thought process. I get that. But he said it in very close proximity to the team. Um, now, I, like, I'm not accusing Crowder of gamesmanship. I mean, he took a knee from a very large, powerful man that, that seemed to hit pretty squarely to the temple. So the fact that he couldn't continue probably isn't much of a surprise. But I, I don't know. I, I just always think it's weird for somebody to, to, to voice that and, and potentially give that as an idea that, hey, well, listen, I mean, the hell do I even want to bother trying to continue? Because they already just said I'm going to win the fight if I if I say I can't. So, I mean, look, people that step in the cage for a living, they're wired differently than most of us. But I sure as hell would take the easy way out. Like, what? I don't have to go back in there and I get the win? Yeah, I'll take that option. Um, so I, I did think that was weird. But I, I will say this again. The reason you heard it so clearly is because his mic was open. Um, I, I don't know that. Crowder or his team heard it um, or that they could hear it you know so I don't know if that factored in anything and um, it did seem like the doctor pretty much ruled it, that he wasn't going to be able to continue anyway so anyway uh, just an unfortunate way for the fight to end now Crowder deserves some credit man he took some big shots he delivered some big shots back he extended Hardy into the second round which nobody had been able to do um, he wasn't fighting conservatively in fact he came out yelling and screaming and you know, he was trying to make it a brawl, um, and and <laughs> so kudos to him. We we didn't get to speak to him afterwards. He was transported for precautionary reasons, obviously, so we didn't get to speak to him after the win. Um, I'm sure, you know, not the way he wanted to win the fight, but but he does take a win, um, and he came in and proved, you know, that, hey, listen, the UFC is a, a tough spot to learn the sport, but um, and that's what it is. Greg Hardy is raw. He is very, very raw. And he made a poor mistake in the heat of the moment. Now, um, he came in afterwards and was incredibly emotional. I mean, very, very uh, down, sad. And, <laughs> you know, I'm not expecting sympathy for Greg Hardy. I understand that a lot of people hate Greg Hardy and um, do not approve of him getting this opportunity. And so the last thing I expect is that there's going to be any sympathy for Greg Hardy. But, um, you know... He was pretty down. He was pretty pretty upset with himself. He was pretty upset with the way everything turned out. Um, he did come back even though he lost and spoke to the media. And, um, you know, I don't know that his words are going to change anything for anybody. I don't. I, I just know that I think if people, if, if they don't like Greg Hardy, they're still not going to like Greg Hardy. And they're going to they're gonna say, you know, this was intentional or this just shows his character or whatever the case may be. But, um, you know, Greg did accept responsibility. He did say it was a mistake, and he did say that, you know, he thought he was doing the right thing. He thought he was timing this thing right. He didn't. I can kind of see what he's saying. I mean, Crowder did come up. He was on two knees, and he did come to one knee, and it did feel like maybe he was trying to rise, uh, but he didn't move very much. So, you know, Greg says he thinks it's really, really close. I, I, I think... You know, maybe when he threw the knee, it looked like there was some upward movement going on. But clearly, clearly, uh, you know, the, the the knee was still down on the ground. So, anyway, here's Greg Hardy. Hey, Greg. Uh, can you just give us your immediate reaction to what went down tonight and kind of just what was going through your mind during the finishing sequence there when you landed the illegal knee? Uh, my initial reaction was surprise. I just thought the fight was over and I won. And then he disqualified me. So. so what was your perspective what was going on there? Was it just a heat of the moment thing, kind of an experience? Did you think it was a, you know, that he was going to be getting up and that it was going to be a legal knee? I mean, I haven't seen it, but you can go back and look at it, man. I can, and I can guarantee you that his knee was coming up. He was getting up. I was just inexperienced. It was me mistiming it, man, but I was trying to time it. Like, I just watched Cowboy Cerrone do. Like, I just watched everybody else do, man. And I thought it was the right thing to do at the time. And it was not, you know, uh, I messed up. And what kind of learning lessons do you take away from that? I mean, obviously you're disappointed right now, but what, how do you kind of digest this? You don't, man. 
It's, it's terrible. I'm not one of the regular guys. You know, I was built to do this. I was made to do this, man. And I let people down today. I let my gym down. I let my, my team down. Uh, you know, it's, it sucks, man. I didn't want him to go out like that. You know, like that sucks for Alan Carter, man. No matter how he feels about me, it's, it was that's not okay. You know, um, I take full responsibility. It's not something I did on purpose. Anybody that's ever heard me talk, met me, or been around me knows it's not something I would do. And uh, I just wish we could go back and go into the third round, man. And just last thing from me, uh, as you were leaving the cage, a lot of booze, a lot of people chanting things at you. Were you hearing any of that at the time, or were you just kind of, you know, entrapped in that moment of disappointment? It'd be real selfish of me to sit around and talk about the booze when I'm, you know, I got all these people that just travel halfway across the world to be here with me, man. All I can think about is, like I said, how, how I let these people down, man. People put their name on the line for me. That may not mean a lot to regular people. It means a lot to me, man. Uh, how was your conditioning going into the fight, uh, going into the second round? Uh, did you feel fresh going into the second round? Uh, I felt better and better as I got into it, man. It's hard to breathe. He, uh, he choked me pretty good. So that was the only problem I was having. I'd never been choked like that before, but you saw how it worked out, man. He took me down. I got back up. He hit me a couple times. I can take a shot, man. Uh, like I said, I was built to do this, bro. This is what I do, man. Uh, just sucks I didn't get a chance to continue to do it. Uh, and it sucks that it, it happened the way it happened. Like I said, man, it, it, I, I apologize to Alan Crowder, bro. Like, that's a terrible thing to do, terrible way to go out. So, yeah. You were able to connect um, both in the first and in the second round. Uh, was it a change of your mentality to know that he was able to take a few of your shots because you were landing pretty flush, it seemed like. Uh, I went to this fight, man, trying to just follow my coach's game plan, man. I was trying to just touch him. I wasn't trying to throw crazy haymakers. You know, I did get a, a little out of control. It's natural for somebody that hasn't really been around too long. But again, I was just trying to land punches, trying to fight the good fight, man. I was enjoying, <laughs> I was enjoying myself and. <laughs> It wasn't, you know, he started yelling at me, trying to coax me into being a crazy fighter. I brushed it off. You know, just, I went back to hitting him and doing my job, man. Like, like I said, I felt like I was in the zone, man. And I felt like when I threw the knee, it was a great knee until, like I said, he, he tackled me and disqualified me, you know? Greg, you kind of touched on it a little bit there, but I mean, I wonder, are there positives that you do take out of this? I mean, this was, a UFC debut where a lot of people get nerves, you know, you fought longer than a minute, you showed, you know, so I mean, so do you, do you take any positive out of this right now or, or are you just focused on, on the negative only? Uh, I recognize that there are positives. I just don't, you know, I don't operate well enough to uh, sit here and acknowledge them right now, man. I, we'll, we'll go back and we'll watch the film and we'll see what I did wrong, we'll see what I did right, but at the end of the day, man, right now I'm just, I'm disappointed in myself, you know, just, not having the not having the cool to you know go that deep into the waters and be able to see everything like I, I wanted to and recognize that you know I needed one more second before I, I threw that knee you know and that's that's, that's just where my mind goes I man like I said it's to my, it's to my coaches it's to Dana White who you know everybody that put their name on the line with mine and I know it sucks for them and all I do is talk about you know what kind of human being I am and not, and that's what kind of human being I am bro it's my heart bleeds for them, man, because I, I did this to them. Well, I was going to ask you, talk about the type of human being. I mean, I, I see some people say, of course, Greg Hardy cheated. We, we knew this is the type of guy he is. How do you address those people that, that doubt you and say, of course you cheated? Show me one time I've ever cheated in my life. Show me one of their favorite O-linemen or one of their favorite quarterbacks in, in history that I've ever cheated against. Go ask Tom Brady if I ever cheated when I sacked him. I'm not a cheater. That's not on my record. That's not on my resume. 30 years of life, not one time. Not one time have you ever stood up here and asked me a question and I lied to you. Not one time have you ever seen me stand up here and you asked me a question and I told you it wasn't my fault. I was there. I did it. It's my responsibility. I'm a grown man. That's my character. What do you want to do now, Greg? I mean, 
this was a big moment. I know that you're disappointed. I know it's going to take you a while to get over, but I mean, are you anxious to get another fight to, to go, you know, right this wrong, or do you feel like some time to train and continue to developing makes more sense? What do you, what do you think makes sense for the for Greg Hardy? I'm, I'm a part of the machine, man. My attitude doesn't change with wins or losses. It's part of being a boss, man. Meek Mills, shout out. Uh, <clears throat> I'm the prince of war. You know, this is what this is what I do. When the man says, let's roll, I'm rolling. I want to get back up as soon as possible. In seven days, I'll be back in the gym. That's how I got to right, mandatory take seven days off, and then I'm going back in the gym to fix these problems. I'm going to fix my timing. I'm going to fix everything I need to fix, and I'm going to be back with bad intentions for whoever wants to step in there with me, man. Alan Crowder, please come back and let's do it again if he wants to. If not, I understand, just like I understand everybody else has their opinion about me. I am not like you. I am not like anybody else. I understand. God bless them. It's okay, man. But I'm here. I'm here to stay. And as long as Dana White will have me, as long as ESPN will have me, as long as you guys will have me, I love all of you, and I'm here to stay, man. And I am going to fix what I did wrong, and it was not intentional. All right. Now, as I said, uh, well, listen, let's just say this first. I mean, Greg Hardy will be back. Um, USC President Dana White did say, hey, listen, you know, I feel like we learned that he can fight, that he does have some skills. Um, I mean, there were some fatigue issues, no question about it. Uh, his 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 wrestling, you know, showed some holes. Um, but you know, right before the illegal finish, he did have a nice sprawl, a nice defense there. Um, he's certainly powerful. I mean, the guy cuts down to make the limit. Uh, you know, he he walks around, you know, 285, 290. I mean, he's a big dude, uh, and strong and powerful. And 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 we saw a lot of that on display. So, um, but you know, Dana said, look, I, I, there's a future for Greg Hardy here. You know, I'm not saying it's long term, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll give him another shot and he'll be back. So. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure the, the controversy will just continue to, to surround him. Um, he has his critics and he's never going to be able to convince them otherwise, as far as I can tell, but, um, just an incredibly unfortunate ending to this fight. Um, and we'll see if it's, you know, something that Hardy can take lessons from. Okay. So as we said, that was the co-main event, but the real co-main event was Donald Cowboy Cerrone versus Alexander Hernandez and Donald Cowboy Cerrone got it done. The second round stoppage, inspiring performance. The guy looked incredible, man. Even though he's he's getting up there in years a bit, and he, he had to suffer through a, a weight cut down to 155 because he wants to contend at 155. I mean, I thought he looked phenomenal. Hernandez is a dangerous dude, and he's a young guy, and I think he's got a bright, bright future ahead of him. Um Hernandez pissed off some people this week. I saw a lot of people both here on the ground and, you know, online in our comment section and that sort of thing just saying, who is this guy? What is with this crazy attitude? And, you know, it's probably deserved to a little bit. I mean, again, I don't think Hernandez was, was – I mean, there was some trash talk. No, you know, you call somebody day-drinking Don, I guess, you know, that's not exactly just, you know, being respectful. Um, but, you know, I just think the kid's intense, man. That's That's how he's wired, man. He's a different kind of cat. Um, he's just wired in this intense fashion, in this driven fashion. Um, and, and, you know, he was trying to manifest that, I guess, but, um, it backfired, it backfired. I think he ended up upsetting a lot of people and he certainly ended up upsetting Cerrone. Although Cerrone said, look, I didn't, I didn't take it personal. Uh, you know, Cerrone said many times, you know, that Nate Diaz fight where Nate Diaz pissed him off. Uh, he ended up fighting angry and that cost him the fight and he won't let himself do it again. So great performance by Cowboy Cerrone. I can tell you. In the press room, you know, I was in the back. Mike Bond was was out front tonight, cage side. And I could tell you in the press room where we don't have to be quite as professional. <laughs> you know, press row, you can't be cheering. Uh, and, and not that you, you, you really do, but, I mean, Cowboy has just been around for so long that, I mean, he's he's a legend, man. And pe- people love him. You know, I'll I say he's a, he's a favorite of mine, no question about it. I've, I've said before, you know, people ask you, who's your favorite fighter? And, you know, for 10 years, I've, I've been saying that my favorite fighter is, is, is Cowboy Cerrone, you know. Um, I mean, that's the kind of guy he is, man. The, the style that he that he fights, the attitude that he has. I mean, he's something special, man. And, and the numbers that he's getting, the, that he's adding up in his career are just insane. But uh, I can tell you in the press room, there was a lot of cheering going on. When he got the finish. A lot of people were happy. And it's not that... You know, it's not that you, you you wanted to see Alexander Hernandez lose. It's not that. You're not cheering against him. It's just, how do you not cheer for Cowboy, man? He's Cowboy. So, uh, a, a big win for there uh, there for him. And, you know, now he's saying he wants to fight uh, Conor McGregor. 
And I think that'd be great for him. You know, a big a big fight that could bring in some big money. You know, not that he hasn't already done well for himself. I mean, hell, he earned an extra hundred grand tonight with two different bonuses, fight of the night bonus and performance of the night bonus. Um, but, you know, a fight with Connor could be big, big money for him, and, and I think he deserves it. And he said, listen, he'd like that. If not, you know, give him somebody in the top eight, preferably top five. You know, he wants ranked opponents. He wants to work towards the title. He knows he's got probably probably three or four years left. That was his 40th Zufa fight. He wants to get to 50 Zufa fights. Um, so as he says, you know, he, he sees the, the light at the end of the tunnel, but it's just a little tiny, you know, pin pinpoint of light right now. So it's, it's out there, and he understands the end is coming. Um, but he doesn't see it coming anytime soon. He still has another three or four years left in the sport. But he wants to make a title run, you know. And, and he'd like the Connor fight because Connor's ranked and Connor's a lot of money as well. But he said, listen, he gets it. You know, Connor kind of calls his own shots and does his own thing. And of course, he's still got the Nevada State Athletic Commission to work with as well. But if everything works out, you know, Connor did take to Twitter and say, hey, I like that fight too. I like that. Let's let's do that fight. So um, I, I would love to see that fight. I really would. It'd be a fantastic fight. Um, and, uh, and Cowboy had a very, very lengthy uh, post-fight scrum where we talked about all kinds of stuff, uh, including revealing the fact that uh, he's going back to the infamous cave dive location uh, where he almost died. I mean, he told an incredibly harrowing story on uh, on the Joe Rogan experience. And he's, he's actually going back there again to the scene of the crime. Great. That's the kind of man Cowboy has almost died. I mean, really almost died. If you haven't heard this story, Go seek it out, man. It's crazy. He almost died, uh, and he's going to go back there and do it again. So that's the kind of nutcase that Donald Cerrone is. But uh, incredible win. So check out the full scrum if you have time uh, on the MMA Junkie YouTube uh, page or, or on MMA Junkie. Uh, but in the meantime, here's uh, here's some highlights of what Cowboy had to say. Cowboy, you know, stranger to, to big wins, but I mean, this is, uh, you know, on ESPN, history-making type performance, and it was a, an incredible fight. So give me, give me an idea of what the emotions like for you right now. The old guy, the old man, 40th, 40th Zufa fight. Ah, I feel good. This game is so crazy, man. The highs and highs, highs, and the lows, lows. Um, everyone keeps asking me, like, what have you been doing lately? Different put you on the winning nothing done nothing different you know just be, winning and losing is a byproduct of performing well you know sometimes I knew tonight before walking out it was gonna be a good night just by the way I felt you know and it's everyone knows man what cowboy are you getting in there you're getting this cowboy you're getting the shit cowboy because I knew tonight was the good one I just knew I felt walking out like you know um, so I don't have a secret I wish I had the secret recipes like I said 45 had over 50 60 fights you know um, so yeah, I feel good. I feel great actually. Um, yeah, I'm back at 55. <laughs> Worst weight cut ever, but uh, I'm back. Was it bad? Was it particularly bad? No, but uh, they. I mean, it, it just sucks. Yeah, like 65, no problem. I could diet at 65. 60? Now we're. That's when it sucks. Yeah, from 60 to 55, it's. Worst case scenario. Like I just don't have anything left. I'm not. I'm just a big skinny little fuck right he's like damn but uh yeah did you see connor tweeted about you i did my team showed me that so um that'd be cool um hope the fight goes through like i said i can't get my hopes up I, he dictates everything man i just can say yes i'll fight well i can't say i'll fight anybody anymore because now i told my team that i'm gonna take it easy so i want a top five guy connor's two right so that equals top five to me um yeah that'd be fun He's a pretty master of talking shit, so I'm sure he'll try and get under my skin. Fun. I was gonna say, I mean, you, you know, you've always said, hey, the Nate Diaz fight was a big lesson for you, but I mean, this, this kid this week, I mean, the things he was saying, things he was doing, was it a test? You know, was it a test for you to to try to make sure you didn't get emotional and, and not let him get to you? Oh no, I mean, like today, I was happy and like nothing he said, but the, at the press conference, cutting weight, irritable, dude. Like, listen here, you little fucker, you know? Like, that's how I felt. Had he said something about my, like, wife or kid, I would have ripped his fucking heart out right there. Yeah, like, I'm not a guy to... It so drives me so crazy how these guys are in the back. We're standing right next to them. They don't say nothing. Then all of a sudden, they get in front of the cameras, in front of you guys, and they can just run. They just free free speech. Like, hold, no, 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 no. That's not me. I'll fucking track you down beat the fuck out of you. Yeah. Now we're street fighting, motherfucker, and I ain't no breath. Um, sorry, that's probably your guys' new headline, but... Uh, <laughs> We appreciate it. <laughs> 
so no, I don't. I don't allow that shit to doing. Um, but Connor's witty and smart. Like he has funny, crafty shit, not stupid. You know, but. Um, It'd be fun. It'd be good. If you can get that done, I mean, is it like dates, times, locations, yeah, as soon as possible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd love March, April. You know, anytime then. Art March, middle A, May. Sun's out. I bring my boat and RV to the Vegas. I'm sure I'll be in Vegas yeah. or Ireland. Let's go. Fuck yeah. Um, no, go ahead. There's a time where I think you and Connor had like a bit of a rivalry at that press conference. Remember, I think yeah, that's you guys beefing up a rivalry, not us. I was just telling him. Watch you, how you talk out in front of public, man. It's just, uh, that, that's what I want to talk about, this young kid. Like, I don't understand why they come in and, like, have some fucking respect. I'm going to fight you the same happy, shaking your hand. Like, Yancey Madero, man, what a great guy. That fight was so honorable, man. It was cool. He shook my hand. I was, like, true professional sports, you know, and it was cool. Like, I'm going to go in there and still try and beat your ass. Like, it doesn't, that, that makes no difference, you know, and I wish these younger kids coming into the game, they wouldn't moderate themselves, like, after the, like a, after Kobe and try and just, like, why? Why? Be something that people can follow you on Instagram and kids, little kids walk up to you and be you for Halloween. Like, yeah, cowboy, you know, you walk with your head high and you speak well, you know, and you don't, you, this is, this is, this is a sporting event. Let's, let's treat it as one. So, yeah. It's cool. Yeah, it is, to be honest with you, right? Totally. Because um, I used to be the guy flipping everybody off talking shit, you know, but uh, I still. Yeah, I don't like that, right? Um, so, yeah, be be good, kids. Is it hard to convince your wife to let you, you know, you got like this. Partridge family vibe now. The whole family's there. <laughs> right? <laughs> she loves it, man. It's cool. Um, yeah, she's almost a doctor, which is really cool, right? That's yeah, awesome. crazy. Yeah, thank you. So she has, she's doing clinicals right now, finishing up her last stuff. So hopefully, when I'm done, I can sit back and let her go to work, and I'll maybe I'll just come in and sit in the hospital and watch her work for a little while. <laughs> You don't need it tonight, but maybe she can do your stitches. She does. She does me and all the all the guys already. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I can say that, but she does. <laughs> don't tell me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, funny. So if for whatever, as you said, Connor calls the shots in sure. his schedule, and he's still got to deal with Nevada in a couple of weeks. So if that doesn't happen, what's what's the plan? I mean, is there is there the title means something to you now, right? Of course. I mean, do you feel like there's another fight that would make sense if for some reason that doesn't work? I'll take top eight. I really want top five. Like, I want I want to fight one, win, go for the belt, right? I want to, That's only two fights away. So, it's kind of why I want the top five. I don't want to go wherever I am now. I don't even know if I'm fucking ranked anymore in this world. But wherever I am, I don't want to go ten, eight, nine. You know what I mean? I want to just go, let's go five and let's go championship. Let's, let's go get this fucking belt, man. I want to hit 50 fights in Zufa. You know, that's kind of... I sort of always said I wanted 50. I want to go past that, but 50 is kind of what I want. And because I can see the end of this tunnel, guys. At the rate I fight, three or four more years, man, right? To realistically speaking. So let's go get this fucking belt. You mentioned you have a lot of fights. Do you wish you sort of maybe would have thought of that like no. earlier in your career? No. Nah, I wouldn't change anything. I was fighting for so many different reasons back then. Now it's different. Like this kid said, he had a good point. He said, you, it took you 40 fights to realize that you want to fight for a title. And I was like, you, you got me there. <laughs> That's why I just sat there and even ended up like, hmm. That was a good one. You got me there. I'll give it to you. It took me 40 fights to realize this is what I want. And because I was fighting for so many different things back then, like, I just love it. Like, tonight, standing, I walked out a little bit in front of the camera, and there's nowhere out around the bend, man. It's, it's unbelievable. The feeling that you get, people cheering your name is so cool, man. And, uh, I'm gonna do this till I can anymore, literally, and it's fun. So yeah, I gotta be a little more selective now, but it's okay. Bother you to walk out first tonight? I, only when I was in the cage. Yeah. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> oh, I'm blue. God, it's been so long since I've been blue. Uh, it only, it didn't bother me. I was just like, God, this is fucking weird. But um, then I think, hey, I'm not ranked. I need to earn myself. I need to prove yourself. It was just like, hey, man, this is the process. It's like when you very first came to the UFC, this is how it works. So, hey, you're back in another division. Let's prove ourselves, Cowboy. That's what I was right in there. Like, let's go. At what point in the night did you... Uh realize you were the good cowboy tonight. Was it in the locker room? Yeah, in the locker room. Oh, man, it was last night when I slept all night through. First night of, first fight I've ever had where I made a whole night's sleep all the way through. Usually I'm laying in bed, tossing and turning, thinking of everything that could possibly go wrong. Man, last night, I went to bed, woke up feeling good, picked my boy up. We went on a bunch of subway rides. It was crazy. We just rode the subway around today. And, uh, yeah, it was just a good day. It felt, it was just, 
it's weird, man. This sport, like tomorrow will be a totally different day, but today I woke up feeling on, right? And then in the in the in the flow state, and I can't explain what the flow state is. It's just like when you're on and everything's working. Today happened to be one of those days, so I knew backstage warm up. When we were warming up, my coaches were trying to get me warm up. I was like, nah, I'm good. We're fine. I'm, I'm ready to rock. I don't have to. It was real minimal, really low, and I just felt good. Did you not get the nerves anymore? That. <laughs> I didn't tonight. Really? Yeah, I didn't tonight. First tonight, time? First time. Tonight was not was like the first time. I, mean, I was just jokingly telling him, this is my last fight, guys. Like I used to all the time. It's my, <laughs> it's my last one. Usually that's what I'm back. But tonight I was like, now we're good. I feel I feel great. Been here. That's what I kept telling you. You've been here 40 times, longer than anybody. You've done this more than anybody on the top level. What are you scared of? What do you look yourself in the mirror? What are you, what, what are you talking about? Why is what's You've been here 40 times, so, yeah. All right, so big win there for Cowboy Cerrone and uh, – Big fights on the horizon, no question about it. And uh, I think he's going to end his career in style. It'd be great to see him have kind of a Michael Bisping finish to his career, wouldn't it? I mean, it's it's man, it's going to be tough because you know he he'd probably have to run through Habib, I guess, at this point to get to a title. But you know, uh, Michael Bisping was kind of always the answer to that question: Who's the greatest uh, UFC fighter to to never win a UFC title? And, and it was Michael Bisping. It seemed like his window of opportunity was closing, you know, his career was going to be ending and he was never going to get it. And then circumstances went his way and ended up winning the title and, and it worked out great for him. And, um, you know, now forever he'll be UFC champion. You know, Michael Bisping, certainly a UFC Hall of Famer. Uh, Donald Cowboy Cerrone, certainly a UFC Hall of Famer as well. Uh, you know, I think John Anik is, is even taken to calling him that uh, in the cage after fights, you know, future UFC Hall of Famer. And that's that's great. I mean, there's no question, but Boy, wouldn't it be great to to pick up a title to to, to close out the career? That'd be pretty fantastic. So, uh, listen, Gregor Gillespie, impressive win over Yancey Medeiros. I, as much as I love Yancey, and I do, man, I love his energy, I love his fighting style, I love just the, the guy. Man, I had a feeling this was going to be a rough night for him. Gregor Gillespie, just relentless grappling, um, fantastic fighter. Uh, gets a bad rap, you know, a, a wrestling based attack. You know, he comes from a wrestling background. Um, and he kind of he bases everything off that, um, and so he's gotten a bad rap. I think as a boring fighter, I, I don't find it boring. I, I find it aggressive. I find it you know functional, and you know I think uh, Mike Bond was saying earlier that the, the Gregor uh, now has five finishes in a row, which is the longest finishing streak of anybody active in the UFC. So I mean, a guy's getting five finishes in a row, and you're calling him boring. I I, I don't get it. Um, you know, wrestling is a martial art too. And, uh, you know, if you're chaining everything off that wrestling, that's just the way you're going to attack. So, um, I, I, I think Gregor is the real deal, you know, uh, incredible career record now at this point. And I think he's somebody that if he hasn't been on your radar, you definitely need to be paying attention to him because I think he's going to be challenging for some big fights here very soon. Uh, Joseph Benavidez, hard fought win over Dustin Ortiz. That of course was a rematch. I just, you know, I don't know what to say about Joseph right now. I mean, the guy has been here forever. He he, he was part of the of the first wave of fly, flyweights. You know, he helped get the division started. And now he's still here, and he's still a top contender. Um, and he's probably a number one contender, but we just don't know what the future of the division is. Of course, now, with, with what happened in the main event, you know, we don't know if maybe there's going to be a little hold on, on the title while, uh, while Cejudo makes a, a move to 135. We're not sure. So it makes it tough to talk about Joseph Benavidez and what's next and what the stakes are. And he even said it. You know, we talked to him after the fight, and he's like, ah, you know, it's not like a broken record, but I don't I don't know what to say. You know, I, I I have no idea what the future is. You know, they just call me for fights, and I take them, and, and that's that. So, um, you know, good for Joseph to win, to stay on top, to keep himself relevant, to keep himself in the discussion. Um, you know, he, he, he does boast a win over Cejudo. Because of that, you know, he'd like to do it again for the title. So he's always got that little claim. Um, but we'll see how it goes. Paige Van Zandt did pick up a, a submission win over Rachel Ostovich. Great win for Paige Van Zandt. Uh, she lost the first round. Uh, she said she knew it. She said she knew she had to make some adjustments, and she was very proud of herself for doing so in the second round. Tough position for her to be in, too. You know, um, Rachel Ostovich dealing with a domestic violence situation, of course, being briefly pulled from the fight, insisting that she didn't want to get out, uh, making her way back in. You know, uh, certainly people were pulling for Rachel Ostovich. It was hard not to to be cheering for her at least a little bit. You know, you'd like to see that 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 Cinderella fairy fairy tale ending for her. You know, battling back from 
adversity and controversy to to pick up a win. It did not happen for her. She did come to the back and speak to us briefly and, and uh, had her arm in a sling. Uh, she said she didn't know exactly what the prognosis was, but, you know, the elbow popped a little bit. But uh, So she had the arm in the sling for the time being, um, but said she wasn't exactly sure what was wrong uh, at the time. So, uh, you know, damn shame for her to end that way. But, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, she was battling tears as she talked to us in a minute. You know, it was a very, very emotional journey. But she's proud of herself for getting it done. So <clears throat> kudos to her for battling through the way she did. Shame that she lost. But big win for Paige Van Zandt. She was re- recovering, or excuse me, returning from a year of recovery as well. So big win for her. Meant a lot. Meant the world to her. And uh, she needed that win. She definitely did. <coughs> excuse me. Sorry about that. Glover Teixeira did pick up a win over Carl Roberson as well. Glover was in trouble. Glover was almost out, man. The, the elbows were nasty. Kudos to Carl for coming in there and, and, and being aggressive. And, you know, that I, I actually picked Carl coming in this fight. I thought that the speed, the quickness, you know, yes, he was moving up a division, but, you know, I thought that might be beneficial for him and he'd be able to capitalize early. And sure enough, he did, um, but he couldn't get Glover all the way out. And Glover fought back, picked up the arm triangle choke victory, um, and now says, uh, listen, he'd like a fight with um, Shogun Hua in Brazil at some point. And said, listen, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm, it's no disrespect. I, I love Shogun. I have all the respect in the world for him. I just think stylistically we would make for a a good fight. And uh, you know, he said he, he, he's, he's, he's not near the end of his career yet, uh, but he's, he knows it's on the horizon as well. You know, he's kind of facing those facts as well. He said, listen, I'd like to fight in Brazil again. I uh, would really love to fight in Brazil, so Shogun in Brazil would be phenomenal. Um, you know, <clears throat> I can't see that that wouldn't be a, a decent, you know, fight night main event or something like that for down in Brazil. So we'll see if it happens. Uh, again, the pre- the prelims uh, did take place on ESPN. Uh, there were some other meaningful fights there. Joanne Calderwood picked up the decision win over Ariane Lipsky. Lipsky came out looking good, strong, throwing nice combinations. Uh, but Calderwood, you know, made adjustments on the fly, turned to her grappling. Um, and, and used a lot of grappling and a lot of clinch work to, to pick up another win. Um, and Calderwood looks good at 125, man. It looks like she's in the she's in the uh, right position now. She's in the right division. She says she hoped that she was going to be able to leap Jessica and get into a title fight. Um, as it turns out, USC President Dana White told me at the post-fight press conference, he said that he, he thinks, he's not 100% sure, but he thinks Jessica I, uh, is the one that they're going with next at 125 pounds to face Valentina Shevchenko. <coughs> Excuse me, and I gotta agree. I mean, I think that does make sense. It, it um, you know, it crazy was when you think about what uh, Jessica I has gone through. But um, you know, she has put herself in a position for that fight. So, uh, but Calder was right behind, so she's got to be in a meaningful fight as well. Uh, Alonzo Minifield picked up a first round TKO over Vinicius Moreira. Alonzo uh, Minifield fighting out of Dallas, Texas. I told I told you guys come in and watch out for those Dallas boys. Alonzo uh, Minifield looked good. Um, you know, was having some difficulty, but was throwing everything with bad intentions. Finally landed and scored a TKO win over Benicio Moreira. Corey Sanhagen, man, did he look good as well. Submission win there. Was supposed to fight John Lineker. Said, you know, he, he'd be okay with doing that again, but doesn't really care. Um, he, he says, I'm a young guy. I'm getting better. I'll take my time. No rush. Give me, give me whatever comes. But he looked impressive. He looks like somebody you definitely want to keep an eye on. Dennis Bermudez uh, picked up a win over T. Edwards. Uh, unanimous decision there. Hard fight, unanimous decision. Went in afterwards. Bermudez retired, hung it up, and called it a career. Said thanks for uh, for everything, but you know I want to focus on things outside of fighting right now. Um, I know this is bad on my body. I know it's bad on my brain. Um, and uh, and I've made some money. I've done some great things on it, and that's that's enough for me. So I am uh, out. Jeff Neal, but Dallas boy, right there, four to seven me. Uh, him and me. <laughs> yeah, it's it's late. Four to seven me. Uh, picked up a big decision win over Bilal Muhammad. That is a that is an impressive win. Uh, you know, I know it's a decision not to finish, but Bilal Muhammad um, is, is a guy that's been around, has been doing some great things in the USC. So for Jeff Neal to beat him, that's big. And Jeff Neal looks uh, looks fantastic, man. He's he's just got some incredible skills. And of course, the night started off with Chance for Encounter picking up a submission win over Kyle Stewart, late replacement Kyle Stewart, but Chance looked good as well. And afterwards, he told us, you know, um, he, he's finally training full-time but you know before he framed houses um and and you know was working and then chasing his mma dream on the side now he's taking some time off and and he's, he's training full-time in mma so 
Um, this was a big moment for him and a big win. So, uh, all right, listen, UFC on ESPN Plus 1 is in the books. That's the start. Like I said, I thought it was fun. I heard behind the scenes it was a uh, a smashing financial success. There were a ton of new subscribers that, that, that signed up uh, just to watch this event for, uh, for the UFC. And, of course, uh, they've got five-year partnership together. So we'll see how that bears fruit over time. Uh, next week, it's in, uh, in L.A. Cold Coffee will be with me for that one. We're going out there for Bellator 214, Fedor versus Bader. We'll have all that for you. In the meantime, i got to get some sleep. <laughs> it's late. i got to pack up. I fly home tomorrow. I'm ready to get out of here. It's cold in New York. And I'm anxious to get back to the desert. So, going to work on that. In the meantime, thanks for listening. Yeah.